Thank you, Sister Teresa. That was an awesome, awesome word. Appreciate that. Um, so I'm going to talk. Um, this, our, the title of our conference has been Refresh. And um, I'm going to share really quickly. Refresh, to me, means a timely word. And um, I believe this week we've been given a timely word and all the messages that were given. And some, some of them have been reminders, but everything that has been said has been said to leave us stronger, better off, and therefore refreshed. Do you agree? I'm going to talk about the family today. And this is what God um, impressed on my heart when I was asked to speak at this um, summit and um, and sometimes I think that in life and, and in our families that we can go, be on autopilot. And I think that God wants to wake us up today. If you're a mom, if you're grandma, if whatever your role in your family, if you're a wife, God wants to wake us up so we are not on autopilot. When we're on autopilot at church, we call ourselves religious, right? And it's like religion. They're just singing a song, but they don't even know what the words that they're singing. But what do we call this in family? You know, and I believe that um, God wants us to have balance in our families because he loves our families. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, So then be careful how you live. Do not be unwise. Make the best of your time because the times are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God loves our family, and he wants us to walk with purpose and to be intentional. I believe the enemy would like us to do life on accident. My marriage just happened. My kids just grew up, and, and time just flew by, but he's made us the pilot of our time. We must be intentional about our times. At times, we could blame the church for a lack of family time, and it's our own mismanaged schedules. Pastor Tim broke down the other day, you know, how much time we do, really do spend at church. And maybe sometimes it's nine hours, sometimes it's 11 hours. But God has given us so many hours in our church, in our life. You know, we spend 11 hours a week in church and we're saying the church doesn't give us family time. But really, I, re I really believe that we are to blame at many times because we at times can be poor time managers as wives, we can help or we can hurt. When we don't develop a sense of order, our life can be full of chaos. And how, how many of you guys know that chaos likes to show up on Sunday mornings? <laughs> I'm like, where are the children's underwear? <laughs> the babies. I just did a load of laundry. Um, you know, in the mornings, you know, um, daily mornings. But time management is necessary. Our good stewardship of your time is necessary if we are lacking balance. There are times when I give more time to my family, and there are times when I give more time to my church, but these are seasons. Um, it's not my norm. I usually try to balance the two. When we make it a point to sit at the table and eat together several, we make it a point to sit together several times a week to eat dinner. And um, lately, I haven't been cooking that much dinner because I'm recovering from graduation and the end of the school year. And I need to get to cooking more. But there are seasons when I give more to my kids and, and less personal time with my hubby, but this is not the norm. God wants us to have balance. 
I heard this good quote, and it says, the, news, the bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. And I read this. It's not about better time management, but about self-management. Before we are good for our family, we must make sure we are spiritually sound, that we have our secret place with God, that we fill ourselves with the Lord, and we aren't walking in our flesh. It's kind of like when you fly on an airplane, they say in a disaster to put on your mask, then to help others. And with women, you know, this is what we need to do. When we are reading and when we are praying, we are more spiritually sound. We're awake. We understand the enemy attacks. We understand that everything is not people, but is strategy and it's demonic and we're not going to allow it in our family. We're not going to allow us to team with the enemy. We are going to build our family up. Proverbs 14, sorry, Proverbs 14, 1 says, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one tears it down. I'm going to talk about marriage. Um, we must be intentional about our marriage. In Proverbs 31, 11 through 12, it says, Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich her li his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. But God didn't desire marriage just so we can be happy, and we can have our needs, our needs met. He designed marriage to be a testimony of him and for him. Godly marriage shows the world what God is doing in our lives. It's a testimony of God. Someone described marriage as God doing in one man and one woman that which he's trying to do within the world. And why this? Because we have difficulties in marriage, right? And we overcome it. And so as we overcome it, we're stronger. And, and that's why families and marriages are so vital to businesses and companies and churches because God's working has been done in their lives and in their marriage. You are working, you are working portrait of Christ and the church, your marriages. But God created women because God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And God called the women, you know, in the original Hebrew language, Ezer, and this is a helper. And, and the helper word Ezer is translated as military aid help. God made, God created Ezer, women, to be a very strong helper to their husbands. Focus on your husband's strength rather than criticize their weaknesses. Encourage rather than criticize. I'm going to say something, but then my husband clarified it. He saw my notes. <laughs> Dan always says, um, Pastor Dan always says that I'm his number one fan and I'm his biggest critic. <laughs> when he asks me, I'll, I'll be honest, you know. But he told me yesterday that um, the reason he, says that, he said that to me is because my words mean a lot to him. That my words are heavy on him. And sometimes we don't see that our words on our, our spouse are very heavy on them. Pray for your husband, his needs. As easy as you think his life is, you don't know the pressures they have in their mind to protect your family spiritually and emotionally. They desire to get it right, believe it or not. Great marriages don't just happen, they are built. It can start with just one person, one person willing to invest, be selfless, that they will see their tide turn because God can do anything. 
Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one. They have a good return for their labor. So what this means is that the Bible says that if you are married, that you're better together than when you're apart. <laughs> the Bible says, um, well, if a couple builds their marriage just around their children, this is what happens. The husband builds his life around his job. Well, the wife builds her life around her children. And when their nest is empty, they have no relationship there because they did not get it right during that marriage. Marriage must be primary in your home. And believe it or not, it's for your kids. Your marriage is a guidepost for all their future relationships. And now I want to talk about being intentional with your children. In Proverbs 31, 25 through 31, it says, She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are, are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. I put skip. Her children stand and bless her. I skipped in that scripture. Um, our family matters to Jesus, and that's why I'm speaking about it. God has made, has, has made mothers to be stretched. Can you say amen? In so many different directions. <laughs> I've said this before, but the cartoon Incredibles got it right when they called the, ma the mom Elastigirl. <laughs> she is stretched and stretched, and that is her power. <laughs> and I think this is a good illustration but God has made us the watchers of our home, the keepers, not just the home and how nice it is, but to know the heart of our hubbies and to know the heart of our kids. The children, to children, love is spelled time. And over the last, you know, 20 years, you know, Dan and I being married, I've heard this over and over again, that children, to children, love is spelled time. And you can say, no, it's money and it's other things, but it is time. And we must be intentional about the time that we spend with our kids. We need to plan, plan, plan. Plan simple things. It's really not about how much you spend, how much money you spend, or what you do, but that you actually do do things with your family. Maybe it's a movie night or a Sunday brunch after service. Kids love tradition. Teenagers love tradition. Young adult children love tradition. They love tradition. I don't know the right word. Maybe it's not tradition, but the, doing the same thing over and over and over again. Kids love this. My family spends a lot of time together in the winter and in the summer. And some of our winter traditions have been walking to see lights in Long Beach. And we do this every single year since we started doing this. Um, when we had a church in East Long Beach, a tradition would be to get a paleta ice cream from a shop called Poppies in Long Beach. And my husband said not to say this, but it's in a really rough area, so I'm not saying go to that. He's all, that's not a rough area. And I'm like, but I love, you know, it's, it's a little hole in the wall, but we would go there. And the ice creams, you know, those little, I don't know what they're called. What are they called, you guys, paletas? <laughs> Those, those, um, they make them there. And we used to go there, and they're a dollar, but we all love to do this. I would get my bubble, my bubble gum, paleta. <laughs> I asked my husband if we can do this on Mother's Day, and we all loved it. We may, we may make this our tradition. It's never too late to make simply weekly traditions or monthly traditions with your kids. 
See, time spent with your kids is like gold. Kids go through so much, and they need your love, your your guidance, your concern, and they need your prayers. Our kids don't need us to give us everything they want. You know, I want these shoes. I want this toy. They need us to show them the road to Jesus. Sometimes God... Sorry, I'm speeding. We have 15 minutes, so like, yeah, I'm going to get this. Okay. Sometimes God will use your own testimony to share with your kids to point them the road to Jesus. And sometimes he uses your triumphs, but also your mistakes to share with your kids. Parents, um, in Focus on the Family, it says parents are huge, absolutely huge. They're a necessary condition for a child to remain strong in faith until young adulthood. And God does fill in the gaps when we don't have parents. He concludes without question that the most important pastor a child will ever have in their life is their parent. And that's from Christian Smith um, with Focus on the Family. Deuteronomy 5.10 says, But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commandments. God loves our family, and when they are families to live to honor God, they are a portrait of the world of God's unfailing love for a thousand generations. God is faithful, and his word is faithful. And what he's saying is, you know, if you teach your family, and you teach your kids, and you do marriage right, and you live with your lives right open, you know that that you're going to pass this on to your children, that you're going to pass on Jesus to your children. They're going to pass this on. You know, we are the portrait. We're the living testimony. The Bible says that we can win our unsaved husbands to God by the way that we act. You know, we are the living, breathing testimony of Jesus. But what are we giving to our kids? Because it says that the sins of their fathers go three and four generations, but the ones who serve God and honor him for a thousand generations. I've shared this story before that um, I, have, I have gone through, you know, the sins of my fathers, you know, grew up without my, you know, my parents. You know, I grew up without both of my parents. We really, really struggled. But I found out that um, one of my dad's aunties was a pastor's wife, like aunties. I'm talking about, like, not his, um, his sister, but his, like, great, like, I mean, she's probably dead in, like, 120, you know? Like, she was a pastor's wife, and this is a thousand, you know, it's going to go a thousand generations because God is being faithful to her. You know, I don't know what God has done our ancestors. But as you are faithful, God promises his unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love and obey obey his commandments. And that's what I have for you today. God bless you.